good to get back, mate, isn't it? It is. It is. I think we got one in between lockdowns where we were able to sit down in the same room. Mm-hmm. And then we maybe two. two. Maybe two. It wasn't a lot anyway. It was like we were in and then we were straight back out again. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed exploring the online side of it a wee bit. We did talk about it previously where we said we need to make more use of things like Skype and all the rest of it and then obviously it got forced upon us, you know what I mean? But it's been good, but I'm definitely looking forward Aye. to getting back to actually like talking to people in person because it does make a difference, you know what I mean? Like, oh, of course, mate, of course. I think the main difference is to like talk near the top of each other. Mm. But I think... Um, Try to queue up questions in between each other and it's just like... you Audience can see me sending text messages and you responding and, you know, it's like... Aye. Whereas normally we're used to sitting next to each other and you just kind of like... Nudge, nudge, you know what I mean? For sure. I think it might actually be something that there's a bit of a generational gap if people are more just to, like, talking on, like, online gaming and shit like that in comparison. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm be happy to see the back here. Um, and I don't know if I'm being a bit of a sort of podcast now, but I hope the sort of phenomena, like, Zoom podcast kind of, like, goes away for a bit at least. Aye. Can kind of get, like, if you've got a big guest or some... I think it's... Do you know what at Wallenable you'd be able to speak to people that aren't in the same city, shit like that? Yeah. Like, like I said, if you can wrangle like a huge guest and they're in London and you're in Glasgow or whatever, or even better if they're like Aye. LA or New like, York. We could have never done like, you know, Douglas Stewart, for example. You know, I mean, he was in New York, you know what I mean? Like, so it has got his purposes, same with like DW when he did, you know, like Amanda Knox and stuff like that. So there's definitely a place for it. Um, but. I think that I, when you're talking like local issues, like we do a lot of the time, like you might be sitting way people. I've, I've definitely felt it when we're doing the Cisco episode, because that, you know, obviously meeting Natalie like through the TV screen just didn't really date for me. You uh, know what I mean? As much as it was an episode that did really well and people really sort of resonated with it, like I think I'd have really enjoyed actually having the opportunity to meet Natalie in person and maybe we'll do that one day down the line. Aye, for sure, mate. I mean, like I, I think it, it is really cool. I was thinking about this the other day when. I was thinking about, like, obviously as we're, like, sitting in a studio, which isn't really a studio again, but um, <clears throat> we'll probably have our own sort of space and studio to work in very, very soon. And I was thinking, like, how cool it's been to just date in the bedroom and, like, have, like, guys like Chapter and Verse come play, yeah. play a song or um, how cool it would have been last week um, for, like, Eli to read and be there rather yeah. than as much as like when I was listening back and I was editing um, I mean my girlfriend was like what's that because it just looked different mm-hmm. to like the podcast that she usually sees me editing saying that um, we had the offer explained what was going on and she read they read the um, first chapter of their book she was like I'll oh, put it on and I was sitting listening to it I was like this is still really cool yep. do you know what I mean it's not a shit on it and it's not because it is still cool but it would have been so good to be in the room and like to start the podcast get to 100 episodes have like move it online we're going to move it back off just kind of like a turning point I suppose isn't it? it's like Aye. another change definitely um, but I think we're, we're up to it, like, you know, obviously we've got ambitions for some of the stuff we've talked about, potential live events and all the rest of it. I would have loved, given that we've had the ability to, and the privilege to speak to some of the candidates during this election, um, I would have loved to have been in a scenario where we could have maybe done like an online hustings with, you know, the three or four candidates in for, a, you know, a general sort of local area as we have done and, and let them, you know, talk to us about what they were going to do almost, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a Rebel City debate night or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, but... Again, wasn't it be, but there'll be there'll be mere elections. Eh? Mere opportunities. Um I mean I don't think we're quite Andrew Neil, let's put it that way. But no. um like this the last few days have been kinda I don't know, it's almost like I feel like it's like a, a kinda created hysteria that's starting to come as Aye. we like move towards like the Scottish elections. But um I mean I alluded to it in what will be last week's episode um with Bob Doris about like People, it's almost like it feels very opportunistic, isn't it? I think maybe, sorry if we can cut this, but I think maybe we'll go with us this week so that this is relatively current and then go with Bob a week closer to the election. Oh, if you want, mate. Aye, 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 cool. Sorry. No, no bother. But, I mean, it does kind of feel like very opportunistic, um, I think, before we go on to talk about 
like what's going on. Um, Aye, the election is <coughs> outside of coronavirus and it's sort of passing is the most pressing issue at the minute for us, isn't it? Mm-hmm, for sure, but um, I mean, what, what, do, what do you have to say about George Galloway? Like the triumphant return to like Scottish politics, like George Aye. Galloway. I'll, I mean, I'll hold my hands up, right? I've always kind of thought that up until Brexit that George Galloway was kind of like misunderstood and you know okay. like of course he's like had very very public and famous either like embarrassments if you call it that or yeah. like the big brother stuff and but like when he stood up for Saddam Hussein and all that sort of stuff like yeah he I think he's just I, I always kind of felt like he was a very misunderstood character and that actually he just says what he saw and he might get it wrong every now and again, but yeah. I just felt like that's kind of refreshing in politics. I'm going back like maybe like Aye, there was a six time, years or something. There was a time ago. where guys like him, Ken Livingston and stuff like that, you know, the, the quote unquote firebrands of the Labour Party were, you know, a wee bit out there by, you know, the, the terms of their contemporaries. But at the same time, you know, his, his part just no aged well at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But how does it, I mean, he feels like a right winger to me now. He does. This alliance for unity and, you know, Spitfire branding and all the rest of it. Uh, I've got to be honest with you, I've not paid a lot of attention to him. I don't know how much relevance a unionist list party is going to have, considering we've already got whatever two or three unionist parties scrambling for, you know, as much in the way of list votes as is humanly possible. Is somebody who was going to vote Tory going to jump ship to George Galloway? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't think so. You know, same with Labour. His reputation amongst Labour supporters can he be to the extent where they expect to bleed a lot of votes to him. You know, a unionist list vote isn't going to bleed any nationalist votes. So, I mean, I don't know who his target demographic is for the the thing, um, which makes the notion that he should be having debates with guys like Alex Salmon, uh, you know, hosted by Andrew Neil, a bit ridiculous for me because they're almost like that notion of like Salmon debating Galloway hosted by Andrew Neil. <laughs> I've got like the pure, it's like almost like three old guys just like tugging each other off. So as like, and like right. the the visual metaphor for what the yes movement no longer needs, like this older generational that you know, it's about their ego first and foremost. And those three guys, I think, is fairly reasonable to say that their ego is the primary concern for all three of them. You know what I mean? Hundred like, percent. Um, right. So I'll be doing them the honour of paying absolutely no attention whatsoever to anything the three of them say, mm-hmm. um, because I figure that's probably the best way to offend them really is just to fucking ignore them um mm-hmm. it's going to be harder through the campaign with salmon because obviously this alba party stuff has kicked off and they have had some quite high level very sort of structured and orchestrated defections at both sort of westminster and holyrood um i i i, I struggle to find an excuse to get behind any political party that uses just escaping with your life after sexual assault claims as a platform for launching in a, a political party. Mm. Um, it's, what do you think he... You know, he might as well have just called himself, I don't know, man, the Scottish Savile Party or something. I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's where my brain is. It's like, what the fuck were you thinking What's here? Going on? That, you know, somebody somewhere in his campaign and his team is sitting with a calendar where they've purposefully timed the launch of the party two weeks after the First Minister's, you know, inquiry. Um, and you're just like, it's a level of thinking that doesn't it bear out in any like logical reality for me you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i get that he was trying to rehabilitate himself in the eyes of the public way or the hearing stuff and defending his name and yada 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 he failed miserably like they had the first minister grilled in a seat for eight hours and never put a glove on her um like it could not have like catastrophically failed more for him to then take that as a sort of springboard to try and i don't know what Still, election votes after the SNP whilst also saying vote SNP. It's like a really muddled, like really backwards mm-hmm. kind of approach to it. That I just don't see why anybody would connect with it unless it was For just sure. pure spite. It's the political version of like going out and buying a fucking McLaren F1 when you're a like <laughs> 50 something year old multi millionaire. I feel like that. I mean, even for the the aesthetic and the way, well, a post life crisis because he was done. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not even a midlife crisis. He's had his political life. It's over. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is this is what, what we're seeing is like the pure the grasping of something that's just no there. Like he, this is. I mean, 
that this was my criticism of the guy all along. Mm-hmm. Really, was that the re- one of the big reasons it took me so long to get on board with the Yes movement. Probably, I got on board sort of like late twenty thirteen, mm. but before that, I just couldn't get on board because of him. And I remember like the yep. the pure log fire and the forty of bonds <laughs> and the Scotland flag when he announced like the referendum. Aye. And I genuinely was just like, this guy thinks he's going to be the king of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And that still, I think, like, when the the case became so strong for independence and my eyes is, like, a progressive and, yeah. and all the rest there, and um, we spoke a lot about, like, our, our thoughts on, like, uh, independence, but it became just overwhelmingly in favour for it. I had to put aside that. Aye. But then you kind of... You get on board and he's gone to Westminster and he's ruffling feathers and you're like, right, whatever. But I think that, we, especially like when we go back to the Me Too movement, you kind of like, your initial instincts are like, hmm, I don't know about this guy. It's, it's always kind of like proven right. And like, it's proven that, that way with Sammy. I, but I think he's equal to a control. <clears throat> I mean, he's nobody to escape himself, is a control. But like, I mean, just seeing him there with his hair a mess, like clearly in like his front room, with like a sort of like press conference style, <laughs> like green yeah. screen to like the Reverend coming on and being on mute on Zoom and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's been hilarious. I mean, it's almost like satire. There is I mean? like heavy like Amanda Nucci like vibes to some of what's been on. Um, I think that's why I've like struggled to take it very seriously. I get that you know there are serious figures involved now, and there is. I think the Poland's got them, or you know the weekend Poland had them in the like three to four percent, um, which is like. Well, for a part of this existed 10 days, it's probably quite impressive aye. in a sense, but at the same I'm time, worrying. I don't think they're going to be a danger to anybody. No, no, um, no. Um, Hopefully they don't do any damage. I don't see them actually doing any damage. I mean, I'm, I was surprised at some of the polls. I was mm. like, fucking hell, man. I think they're more likely to do damage to the right wing of the SNP um, than they are to, you know, although the right wing of the SNP pretty much all defected to Alba. Um than the other Greens. Seems to be that they want to pit them off against the Greens because they're, you know, largely looking to, you know, exist on the list. Mm. Um, But at the same time, the policy platforms of the two groups and the, like the, you know, the ideology that we're aware of so far in the two groups is like wildly different. You know, I think at this point, I'm completely convinced personally to vote Green, uh, particularly for my list vote. Um, we've mm-hmm. obviously spoke with Bob, who will you know, be next week's episode. Um, he's my local candidate. And again, after having spoke with him on that one-to-one basis about some of the issues we've regularly spoke about, I'm convinced that he'll probably be my constituent vote. So, you know, I'm, I'm almost sort of locked in at this point. So I can't imagine why anybody who's looking at the Greens when they're talking about abolishing the monarchy and, you know, <laughs> all you the other that? progressive... And, I don't know, like where it came from but it's like a leaflet that's come through and it's I don't know if it's the Tories but it's like oh, yeah. the Greens want to abolish the monarchy get rid of nuclear line. weapons and it's like <laughs> pure, every, everybody in the country's kind of looking at each other and gone like well you've just kind of put some positive propaganda out there for the <laughs> Greens but you've just made six points that make me want to vote for the Green Party I think it, there, there is a part of me that, that feels like it, it's wild in 2021 that there's still members of like society that think that these things are good for some reason but as you can tell, like, <laughs> um, it was that. I've seen it on like Twitter, accidental left wing. There's one where it's that, and it's like conservatives gone. I mean, yeah, with universal healthcare, none of us would ever be able to, you know, die if you being sick. And you're like, did you see Darren Grimes yesterday? <laughs> I mean, internet, like, at Vodafone, look, my internet's done, and then like, being yeah. like, this is the type of internet that Jeremy Corbyn would have had as part of it. It's like, no, mate, that is literally your capitalist utopian internet <laughs> that you so like want to like suck off so yes. deep that you think that free internet was some kind of like somehow like too progressive and some Aye. kind of socialist pipe dream that's gone so to the end of society but I feel what I've seen at Albad in that sense I don't think that they're a legitimate direct you know competition for votes that the Green Party are likely to get even though that seems to be the narrative that we're experiencing mm. for the press so far um, so who knows as I say you know with a couple of percent it could be enough to get a seat or two it could be enough to make sure other folk don't get a seat or two the projections at the minute seem largely you know in favour of a sort of pro yes majority at the minute I love the talk of super majority though because it sounds awesome <laughs> the super majority but it means 
absolutely fuck all because in American politics that super majority is like a two thirds majority that means that you know only presidential vetoes and stuff like that can actually overrule it because so many of the chamber have voted in favour of it to my knowledge a super majority makes absolutely no legislative difference to the Scottish Parliament whatsoever like, I don't think that Boris Johnson is going to look at 70 odd SNP and Green MSPs together and go fuck your referendum and then get one mayor off of Alex Salmon's list and Don't be like, do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, you can have your referendum with that. Aye, that aye, Alba aye. seat was the one that done it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, but nah, me neither. We'll mate. wait and me see. Neither. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of like, and, and I've had like uh, arguments personally um, with people that are disagreeing with me. I'm not really arguing with them. They're kind of arguing with me, but I'm kind of almost like nailed on for SNP one green two. Mm-hmm. And it's just because like I mean I've seen that really SNP don't win the last seats where I yeah. vote. So what's the point of me giving other than some kind of like symbolic thing? Um yeah. I'm not really into it. So I am I mean I'm, Bob gave us a really basic but really effective explanation for why people within the SNP are saying both votes the SNP because it's always been a bugbear for me and we'll get to that obviously when the episode's out but at the same time I'm in the same boat as you where I want my votes to be as effective as is possible and when we talk about we're voting for what we want this is definitely what I want absolutely and two seconds I'm going to make sure these cameras are still running because these power these mains power sound on you just like a, a thing. So what was next on the agenda? Um, Do you want to talk about the... So I think obviously, you know, the last time we caught up, uh, just the two years would have been sort of tail end of the old year, beginning of the new year. Um, we've obviously had a number of episodes on various topics since then, but we've not had a chance to sort of do a general catch up. And I think where the last couple of weeks, like, the big one for me is, well, a pretty much all-out assault on civil liberties during sort of COVID. Um, You know, you look at what's happened in recent weeks when, you know, Bristol and London, um, you know, disruption in Glasgow and various other places around the country um, for various reasons, um, and, you know, killing the bill and all these things, like, things are starting to get heated. I think that... You know, we're going to come out of COVID and probably find ourselves in an even bigger fight by the looks of things. Aye, things aren't looking too pretty in Northern Ireland either. No. I mean, general civil unrest is probably some, some like sort of like... four or five days of violence there again. Uh-huh. You know, like we don't, we really don't want to go back to the troubles, man. Like, uh-huh. we need to learn those lessons. Um, I think, obviously, the first one is, you know, the Sarah Everard, uh, Sarah Everard story. I mean... <sighs> It's one of the first examples where we've seen multiple instances throughout the last year where police have waded in and, and made matters worse. Um, mm. We're now going to further restrict people's ability to protest and whatever else. You know, I don't know why, because we're feared that people are going to actually be able to defend the things that they care about. You know what I mean? But actually sending, you know, people in with, you know, batons and CS spray mm. and riot shields to disperse a candlelit vigil is... For me, like, just scandalous. I mean, these women were saying to the police, like, protect us from violence is one of their own kidnapped and murdered, allegedly. The Everard woman, you know, three weeks after it was done for indecent exposure. Um, so, I mean, the warning signs that this guy was sexually violent were there, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. again, I didn't, police I didn't, didn't know not, that, man. Police didn't know nothing about it. And That's then wild. decided that the best answer was to go to this peaceful protest and a candlelit vigil and you know ask the woman there how far they could get you know their truncheons down their throats and it was just obviously entirely the wrong thing and to have a female you know sort of chief constable come out and kind of try and brush it off is is crazy and it's not the, the other one we've seen the you know the statue shaggers getting free reign we've seen you know we need to prioritise that at this time the rules are different. You know, what supersedes that need? Is it like race for BLM? Is it, you know, democracy in terms of like kill the bill? Or is it just that your team won a football match? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's a lot of them where we're just like, shit's get out of hand in a lot of places that didn't need to. And rules have no been applied across the board that, you know, benefit everybody. You see it in America, you know what I mean? And this is where we start to see the similarities, you know between women asking for violence to end and being greeted by violence, you know, Americans in the wake of, you know, Garner dying were saying, I can't breathe, and yet 
in the last year, we're still talking about, you know, George Floyd having his knee knelt on. Mm-hmm. Like the response to stop this violence from the police, you know, in a number of places around the world is more violence. And, like, I love how they've got into the habit of, like, investigating themselves and letting themselves off. Um, <laughs> where, you know, did we, we didn't hear, we did, but it was the right course of action. Mm-hmm. Did we hold off here, we did, also correct. And you're like, you know, the notion that, we can perpetrate violence and investigate ourselves for it is absolutely laughable. Oh, I mean, I so I think there's a number of threads in which we're civil liberties are like being quite fast eroded throughout the COVID process yeah, because there have sure. been deliberate and sustained attacks for on sure, them. Mate. I think like, um, I mean, I don't know if, if this is like sort of like Scottish walkaboutery, but I don't see that happening here. Like, I think that there was, there were quite a lot and, and I did myself be like, well, where the fuck was... Police waded into a, you know, peaceful, socially distanced protest in George Square in favour of refugee rights. Aye, <laughs> absolutely. And I, they, they kettled and they moved on. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see them, like, gassing people. Like, Oh, I know, you know no, what I mean? the same level of violence. Aye, that's, that's, what, uh, that's that, what I mean. I think the comparison between what happened with the Rangers supporters um, and then drawing the comparison... I did it myself and I'm still in two minds whether or not it's like, you know, like, mm, should we really be making that comparison? I think it's probably more comparable with the statue of Shaggers than it is for the, sure, the mate. Aye, the streets. For sure, you know absolutely. I mean? like, in any right-wing protest that happens in London where they get mollycoddled and the, actually it's the Antifa ones that are the bad ones, yeah. they're the ones and it's like, right, no, wait a minute. And I think it's just, and then in, in the same sort of like time frame in the same country, they come out and say, oh, by the way, we've like, we've had a look at it and we're no racist. And there's no like, <laughs> sexist or really. We found ourselves innocent out of that one again, surprisingly enough. Like, these are examples I mean? of like, when people talk about like the, the institutional biases that exist, the, this is what they talk about. Yes. The fact that in, within the same country, football fans, predominantly male, will be like, given a police escort to go and trash public property (laughs) to celebrate but yet a group of women that are asking not to be assaulted and to end violence are met with mere violence it's just like how 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 does anybody defend it and there is still deluded people out there that will come out and be like you know like back it including the fucking whatever the home secretary or whatever fucking whatever the answer is. is not to give already overzealous police more power the answer to Mm -hmm. people trying to defend their right to live in a democracy should not be to restrict their right to democracy uh, to protest to like free speech and all these types of things and this is where we're the news that covid has been used as a smokescreen to cover a lot of fucking corruption Mm -hmm. you know but also as an excuse to then legislate further against you know what actual you know, rights that we're born with. Um, <clears throat> Home Secretary that would have immigration control so strict that her own parents wouldn't get in alongside, you know, the person who authored that report on racism. You know, there were people of colour involved in that process. And I wonder that, you know, if you're a Tory of colour, if, you know, you need to, like, I don't know, offer up your reign as some sort of sacrifice to the party because it feels like a lot of them are quite happy doing that in some respects. You know what I mean? Like, so I think these communities are the first under the bus in a lot of respects. Like, and you go to hands up, where is it? You know what I mean? Like, look at even, we talk about it in a mere abstract sense, like the removal of rights to protest. There's also now the, the Begum lassie who had a citizenship revolt, who's never been a citizen of anybody else, 15 years old, clearly groomed, you know, by a terrorist organisation. Has she committed crimes? Absolutely she's committed crimes, but... At the same time, the answer should never be to expatriate somebody and leave them in a, in a limbo. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Um, and I that's mean, again where we ask who's next. We see yeah. the government's stance on travellers, um, you know, the UK government's stance on travellers and traveller communities. And you wonder, like, you know, this is what happens when they turn around to say to these people, well, you're only actually favourite and go back to wherever it is. We should have got foreman saying, you know, Theresa May ran buses, uh, billboards up and down the country about, you know, go home and all these types of things. So we're now moving for rhetoric towards action. So, you know, the trend shows us that it's heading in a fairly sinister direction. So Aye, for sure, mate. It's one of these ones where I think it underlines probably more than ever the need for Scotland to get out because this is 
heading towards extreme right wing authority. Absolutely, I think what's, you know what's what I mean, the Mark? most worrying thing for me is that when it comes to the the fifteen year old, what was her name again? Shamina Begum. Uh, Shamina Begum is that feels like to me that the vast majority of people. British people or people that would identify as British, obviously, like I don't identify mm-hmm. as Scottish, are kind of behind this lassie not getting back in. And it's and the the weird sort of paradox that's happening is, is like you're saying, these are the fucking flag shaggers. These are the people that are like, you know, we beat their hun and like Aye. we want to sit and reminisce about grand years before they were born. And like, wait a minute like but now you're actually like how how's history going to look back at this period in time when we're actually concentration camps on our shores Mm. like europe's surrounded in these like refugee refugee camps camps. but they're fucking concentration camps they've got them in america they've got them in china they've got them in russia like genuinely like what are we going to look back at i think we're going to exactly like like Um, you're saying we're heading towards authoritarianism um, and one of the this is what I'm actually get like a sort of daily struggle with the whole sort of like COVID um, vaccine passport because as much as like um, 100% I think we've proved time and time again talking about the fucking COVID-19 and the lockdowns and how much we've been vocally behind the action of like locking the place down in fact I thought it should have happened earlier yeah um, I feel like making it that you can't travel unless you've had a vaccination. What's going to, I mean, genuinely the one that get, I was like, wait a minute, it was if you've genuinely got some sort of like fear or like needles or you've got like panic attacks about taking these vaccinations and you can't bring yourself, that means that what you can't, you can't go to gigs, you can't go to football games. I understand where it comes from, but this feels like a very sort of like, just another way of just making it harder for people to do shit. Like, so it's the kind of almost ID cards through the back door thing exactly. that we had under like Tony Blair and exactly. Gordon Brown. We were like, I'm not giving the government the information to track us everywhere we go, anywhere we go. Um, I get folk, and I think the biggest criticism of like vaccine passports is that given the manner in which vaccines are being rolled out at the moment, particularly in the UK, like by the time we get to any place where vaccine passports can be issued, the population of the UK will almost certainly not need them. Um, now, it's different across places like Europe and America, Canada and these places where, for various reasons, like the vaccine supplies have either stalled or I think in Canada's case, they were like like in one batch, like sold to somebody else by China after being promised them. Like Europe has Oops. obviously had issues with the Azteca vaccine where a number of EU members suspended use mm. and it caused a like massive delay Um before that, again, it was verified as being, you know, nothing to do with blood clots and all that type of stuff. So, like, ironically, like, things seem to be moving a bit better in the UK for once when it comes to COVID than it does in a lot of other places in the world. So, aye, that vaccine passport might be valid if you want to go out of the country, but I don't think the way the rollout's gone here, unless there's any massive disasters, it's really justifiable. Just as what it says it does on the tin, we uh-huh. wouldn't need it. You know I think, I mean? like, if you, you know, like... the what it feels like to me is is that there's already laws that could take care of this. We don't need new shit. Like, um, the so private businesses, uh, if, if a private business wants to refuse you entry, every airline, every airport is a private business. If they want to put a condition, let them do it. But I think when governments start to be like, you need to take this medication, otherwise you're not allowed to do it. It's like, this is a dangerous fucking road. And they're kind of using everybody's anxiety about COVID, which is completely valid, mm-hmm. as a way of getting people to sort of like want this to come in. This is what we're talking about. Worried about it. Like this just, is what I'm talking about when it comes to this encroachment on civil liberties. Like we've spent the last ten years talking about how we feared that this was the direction that we're going in because that's the direction the rhetoric was going in. Like you just look what's happened in America in the last four years, and as I say, even just the three or four examples we're getting just straight off the top of our head now. You know what I mean? About what's going on in this country. Like, it's no longer about rhetoric. Like, there are people mm. in places, like, legislating these things. Like, you know, even in, like, for example, America this week, Major League Baseball's All-Star Game is happening. Um, it was meant to happen in Georgia. But Georgia, being the state that sealed Biden's win and was unable to prove election fraud, has now brought in some of the most draconian like voter suppression laws that America has ever seen, um, up to and including you can't 
give people food or water while they stand in the queue to vote. You know what I mean? So if there's a 10 hour queue, you, you need to stand there without you, any you need to stand there. Come so it's about driving people away. So Major League Baseball has actually went, fuck you, we're going to move the All-Star game. And the All-Star game is not just a game of baseball, there's the derby, the home run derby before, it's like an entire weekend aye, event. It's like, an economy. It's a, aye, it's, yeah, it's a boost to like my local economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's before television and every, everybody else rocks up, hotels, all that shit, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, so it's big, big money in those terms. And they've decided, right, well, if you're going to stop the citizens of your state from voting, largely, you know, black and African-American, you know, minority communities, um, then we are not going to allow you to make use of your business or your brand. Good for them. Um, well, it is in a sense, but all the Republican legislators in the country now are gunning to basically remove some of the inbuilt financial protections of the MLB franchise. So they instead of actually like taking the point and adjusting the legislative process to actually not exclude their citizens through mm-hmm. the democratic process, what they've done is they've brought out new laws that actively attack any company that speaks out against the way the state manages its laws. Um, and there are other examples in America, and this is, again... That encroachment where they go, we, we lost, we legitimately lost, there was no comeback whatsoever. So next time, what will they, rather than having better policies or actually try to legislate in a manner that makes people's lives better, we're going to actually just write these out of the law. You know what I mean? And this is what I'm talking about between the move for rhetoric to action. It's no, mm-hmm. no longer a hypothetical thing that's happening. It is happening now. It's happening here. It's happening in America. It's happening around the world. And as you say, COVID is like passports and whatever else has been used to basically fucking just placate us, like bullshit excuses for ulterior uh-huh. motives. And like, we need more than ever either a way out or an effective opposition. It's, and right now we don't really have either. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, this is the thing, mate. Like, we're no longer talking about like the sort of left versus right sort of stuff because like the majority of people are like, um, COVID aware. Let's just <clears throat> I just coin a phrase there. Like, but you know what I mean. Like, there's people on both sides that if you were to come out and actually like say that, oh, I'm worried about this COVID passport, mm-hmm. they'll be like, you're an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, and we're going to end up in this is where, unfortunately, I think was the sort of like the great culture war. The I well, they were warning. There were warnings there about like this sort of like black and white thinking when it comes to stuff like yep. if you if you do this you're a sexist you're a racist you're a misogynist yep. and like sort of throwing these sort of things about mm-hmm. now we're going to end up and, and i've had people on a cut two people in particular on my instagram feed that are now saying that they're batting away daily dms about being an anti-vaxxer and fuck you because they've put shared in their instagram stories that we should be concerned about this law, about the, the sort of COVID passport. Aye. That's why I was saying I was going backwards and forwards with it. I think you know government I mean? are like evolving. Um, and I think for comparison, we'll talk about like, and especially since we're on illiberal laws, um, like offensive behaviour at football, right? A Scottish example, um, where we're trying to legislate against what people think and pe- what people feel, which again, we can't do. Mm. Um, you can legislate against people's illegal behaviour or inciting and breach of the peace, all the things like you say, all these existing laws that we don't enforce in favour of this new law uh, that was eventually struck down because they couldn't get convictions and the language was fuzzy and like, you know, unnecessarily targeted certain groups which was discriminatory and all sorts of stuff went on with it. Now, this time round, it's kind of came back in a lot of senses, including some of the very fuzzy language and something like the hate crime legislation that's just passed in Scotland before the Parliament set out. Now, for me, <clears throat> when we talk about free speech, it's all or nothing. Like, guys like South Park, all these, you know, shock jocks, everyone, all the right-wing nutters. Like, free speech for me is a chance for somebody else to show you how much of a dickhead they are. Like, you don't need... <laughs> you Never don't, thought about that. You, know, you don't need free speech to protect something menial. Like, me and you sitting here chatting shit on a podcast does not need free speech protection because nobody gives a fuck what we're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, but if we're out there and saying things that people find objectionable, like they should still be left here because as I say, all they're doing is advertising their ignorance to you and allowing you to body swear them. Um, mm. 
when it becomes insightful and when it leads to violence, as it does in you know multiple cases we could point to, like there are laws that should be enforced to protect that. Now, mm-hmm. what's happened here is, is that they've taken the basic principles of the offensive behavioural law, and in my view, repackaged them in a manner that made them more palatable to people by centering a lot in LGBTQ protection, uh, anti-trans hate speech protection, all things that I'm, again, absolutely for, like hate speech as a scourge. I'm not saying that I'm in any way, shape or form in favour of hate speech, mm-hmm. but I'm also in favour of your right to have hate speech, to go and fucking advertise to the world how much you're a dick you are anytime you want. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, so COVID is now this thing where we're taking things like ID you know, and we're repackaging it. We rejected voter ID 10 years ago, nobody wanted it. Mm-hmm. But then we're talking about vaccine passports now, and we're talking about something that, again, is the basically the same idea that has been repackaged in a more modern, more palatable format, but the end result is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think politicians in that sense are definitely evolving in their thought process when it comes to that type of legislation, as we've talked about in America. It's, you been- can twist the process... To whatever you want for it. Yeah, I mean, when you're handling yeah, yeah. the levers of power, oh, it's just about being smart enough to justify I it in the right they, way. They, now they always do that. They've, oh, all, they've always the been that. It's the whole point. Of it. Aye, it's, it's, it's kind of like always been happening. They've always kind. I mean, they've done it in positive ways as well. Like um, obviously, like things like the green, not the green new deal, but the new deal. Yeah, and then obviously the social security, the NHS. Like I think we've spoke. And we've said this so many times, like big events like this are always a pivot point mm-hmm. and it just depends on what way we're going to pivot. And I think for the last year, well, if we, if we go back a year, we asked a lot of questions. Now we can make a lot of statements because yeah. we know what they're doing. <laughs> They've Aye. literally like stole the money. Now they're going after your rights. I mean, this fucking dickhead Johnson gave his mistress of four years 125 grand a year fucking tax money admitted to it and then lied about it multiple times subsequently. He's, you know, this is when his wife was being treated for cancer and doesn't even include the girlfriend that he's got the new. And nobody bats an eyelid. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking, you know, even as, you know, other liberal things are happening, we're, we're, we've got rampant corruption. Like, and again, COVID has been used as a smokescreen to justify it. Like, the siphoning off of public funds to, you know, Tory cronies and mates is like, you know, Orgy proportions. I mean, the money that has left the government for absolutely nothing. I'll give you a real life example. Obviously, the other week I was isolating, you know, after close contact. Um, Got to the end of the 10 days, ready to go back to work. Mrs. shows symptoms on day 11, and we all have to fucking go straight back into lockdown. Um, So, getting tests done at that point, trying to like get out in front of it a bit. And the advice I had available to me was like, get one done through the mail. She had private ones, the Wayne had private ones, I didn't. I started showing symptoms. It was basically don't leave the house. Cool, fair enough. Sends it to me, sends it back, 40 hours, five days pass. I'm like, so where's my test results? Phone this number. Phone the number gets through to some lassie sitting in her front room in like Lancashire or something, based on the accent. And she's just like, oh no, slip through the cracks. And I was pure what? And she's like, give me your test ID. I was like, here's my test ID. I didn't have it. I'd thrown it out. But I had my name, address, postcode. Right, so they surely could pull up your test ID, yeah? Everything. Um, Every bit of personal data that you could use to identify me, they had. Because I went unregistered online and gave them it all. But the system they've got after £37 billion doesn't allow them to search for my name. She could only find me in the system based on the test ID that I didn't have even though they had every other. So, like, what test system, what kind of system do you pay 37 billion quid for in terms of CRM and no be able to search by, like, a client's name? Surname or a postcode. Date of birth, phone number, email, had it all. Can I do that? Why no? Oh, that's personal data. That's fucking my personal data. And I'm giving you permission to use it. Tell me what, you know what I mean? So this is the extent, just a a pure real life impact of what that sort of cronyism and like siphon off of funds has actually done to us is that 37 billion pounds evaporated into thin air and the NHS can't search for my test results by my name. You know what I mean? Which to me was just absolutely ridiculous. You know what I mean? I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to absolutely turn on people that have been on furlough I can I can smell it coming already. Aye. They're, like, they're going to start shit-talking people that had to go into furlough and saying mm-hmm. that they need to pay it back. And they've got your money. 
because it's got, I mean it's a tremendous amount of money by now I mean and, and it's been extended until September 2021 so yep. we're talking about like 18 months to 19 20 months of like what a trillion whatever fucking money I mean, we're talking had, now like, if they had planned appropriately in the first place because when this first hit a year or so ago um France Germany all these other European countries put the furlough in place and automatically said it'll last at least two years if it needs to, or 18 months. And there's a variance, but it was like 18 months to two years. Everybody else planned, like, long-term, mm-hmm. a worst-case scenario, and we didn't. Um, but Do you I, think they had been reading The Secret and were trying to, like, manifest it? Like, certainly when <laughs> Johnson was talking to us this time last year about it all being done for April. I mean, think about how ridiculous that chat feels now, that, you know, back in March, you know, whatever... 13 months ago the Boris Johnson was straight looking us in the face and telling us that this was all going to be undone for Easter you know what I mean like, three weeks right. I think the first we're now, we're now like a year and an Easter uh-huh. later you know what but I mean this like, is, I think this is this kind of like this is why people are turning to conspiracy because the incompetence doesn't make sense doesn't make any sense in no. the sense in the sense that but like how could how could he be that incompetent? It must be deliberate. And it's like, no, we're sorry. He's no, he's that, just incompetent. that incompetent. Aye. You know what I mean? They, they've got no clue. They don't know what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and they're, they're... The only thing they know how to do is line the pockets of the people that put them there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. That's what they've tried to do. It's just been a free-for-all. And, you know, like racism and like the police, you know, I'm sure we can have a nice inquiry and get it all resolved. Well, the government, so I'm, I'm going to. I think the government will find itself innocent again. Oh yeah, it will be an independent <laughs> inquiry conducted by the ex-general of the BBC, who aye. was like best mates with Cameron or something like aye, that. Who's it's always the same. Or the guy at the BBC who's it's always an the fucking same. Um, how do you think? Uh, I don't know if we've got. An, is there a nickname for Joe Biden yet? Like Creepy Joe? I don't know. I, I, I've staircase Joe. I, my like, brain kind of just went right. Trump's gone. Let's just disengage with us now. <laughs> like, uh, give yourself um, a bit of a break for I know, obviously, some of the military shit has kicked back off again where he's been fuzzy Uncle Joe on screen while simultaneously bombing whatever four different countries or some shit. Um, that's just America and the office that he's in, unfortunately. Um, ironic that one of the benefits of having Trump was that he was not an imperialist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, didn't engage in any stupid wars outside his own borders. He was too busy fucking up what was going on inside the country. Um, but it sounds as though Biden's got business resumed as normal and, you know, the drones are bottom, dropping, you know, bombs on weddings again and all that type mm-hmm. of carry on. So, you know, back to normality. I can, <laughs> I can ignore it again. The new you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the old normal new... But um, I kind of like... Aye. It's kind of been predictable as fuck, can but that's the thing, if you're in his position and you get voted in after the bin fire that was the previous four years, I mean, I'd show up once a week to just be like, everything sound guys, just carry on, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to see or hear from him after what we've had to deal with for the last wee while, you know what I mean? Like, but it does obviously buy him a bit of cover, especially in those early days where there is at least a level of goodwill still left in the electorate for him, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, what happened to their stimulus checks? Did they get them? I know that I, I've totally disengaged with uh, so I think there's really. been another round, um, and they're talking about another round again. Right. Um, but it's all like horse trading, you know what I mean? Like, um, but again, as I say, I, I, I'm quite ashamed in the sense, because I only, only like, read about the MLB thing the day <laughs> when I was right. talking about it, because I was like, shit, I've not really like... Kept up, kept really, up. I'm so if, uh, if you're listening to this in America, as I know a lot of these day, like we'll, we'll come back better prepared next time. <laughs> aye, aye, for sure. But um, I mean, that's that's really like where I was thinking is that he, he's been carpet bombing the Middle East, and you're just kind of like business as usual, and aye. that's kind of like what, what you just don't want to happen, man. Because like Trump is bad, but what's coming next? That that's this dude in Texas with a one eye, or like we, we could end up with something. Bad, like I mean, aye, like aye. I said, if you thought Trump was bad, Trump was like a fucking. It was almost funny. It was like virgin on funny. Aye, the next guy's going to be actual, not funny. Aye, actual aye. fucking evil. Aye, DeSantis or whatever it is in Florida, or as you say, that crackpot Brown. Um, aye, there's a few guys out there that you're like, this could get really fucking dangerous really fast. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I know, I know. Obviously, I've been watching um the QAnon documentary, the HBO documentary in the last few days. Um. 
it's weird, like the Trump thing, Trump fucked off and I just kind of stopped following what was going on with him. I kind of did the same with like the QAnon stuff and like I think that might have been premature because there's a lot of these guys, as you say, the Browns and DeSantis out in America who are still actively seeking to weaponize that community and like the last mm-hmm. election showed us that that community is 74 million voters, you know what I mean? Like, so on a normal year, on any other election than this one, it would have won, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so... Um, I think we need to be careful about where these conspiracies and that community evolves into because watching that, I'd, I'd <clears throat> a very kind of like Brexiteery like outlook on them where it was like these are just like mad racists like fuck them. But no, I subsequent time and a wee bit of my reading and you know watching a few of the documentaries has shown is that a lot of them both in the UK and in America were just ordinary working class folk who thought they were doing. I mean. Fair enough, like, their IQ levels are maybe not the greatest in some of them because if somebody tells you that the government is run by, you know, a satanic cabal, a Satan worshippers who eat babies, like, natural scepticism should probably should kick in, in yeah. at some extent, right? They're no without fault, but at the same time, if they believe that's the case, why would you no want to stand up against a this group like that? You know this what I mean? Like, so there is another side to it where... People have been both here and in the States, and it looks like by the same people, you know, the Bannons and the guys like that um, have been heavily involved in both scenarios where we're essentially seeing, as well as all the rest of this, you know, we're now seeing psychological think, warfare being what, deployed on the population th- for electoral purposes, you know what I mean? For sure. Like, I think what happened was, right, <clears throat> is that for years, the Americans of, let's just say, the worldwide, because Israel, Russia... Britain, America, we're, we're all involved in this, right? They've been putting out, like, these not-so-ridiculous narratives for, like, how things go yeah. that seem, like, wildly inaccurate when you actually know, know the truth. Yeah. Or <laughs> you think you know the truth, but... Aye. um They've been kind of, like, putting them out as a way as to, like, distract people away from what's actually going on, which is, like, you know, like, taking away your rights and yep. stealing your money to give them to their pals Aye. as they laugh at you for their private islands. You're well, pissing and moaning about a fucking Pepsi ad be- while they actually, like, remove your right to protest. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly, like, right. So, um, <clears throat> this sort of, like, this has been going on since the end of the Second World War, maybe even just, maybe even the end of the First World War. But like the the incarnation of things like the CIA and all these things, like the, the shit we've spoke quite a bit about it, but that created a sort of like community of people that just sat like almost like a sort of silent, not majority, but a mm. silent minority of people that were sort of convinced that things weren't what they seem. And people like Bannon, yeah. like you're saying, like, the right wingers have just kind of stoked that they just lit Very a fire much. underneath it. Aye, and it. But I think the bit that's actually like pure is that it, it's went sort of like hyperdrive under oh, Trump, aye. like. Where he's been putting this, subliminal messages through his tweets. It's all been very like you know he I mean? almost certainly had little to nothing to do with it, but was, was being I uh, was being fed information about it by his team to make it look like he was more involved than was actually the case. This documentary seems to result in them accusing the guy who is the owner at HN of being Q. Um and it is pretty well referenced and sourced and like um, I would say it's believable. There was a period of time in it where they try to claim it's ban- banning, but again, they review the evidence and whatever else. So, uh, End of the Storm, it's called. I would definitely watch it if you want an, an inclination as to what might be possible here if we're no mere wary of this type of disinformation, just outright propaganda, because we've seen it weaponized in Brexit, mm-hmm. we've seen it weaponized in the American election. Mm-hmm. And even if we're not actively engaging in direct disinformation, we actually still see elements of those tactics being used. When you look at something like the Tory approach to like the Scottish elections, and and we said it to Bob, like how do you refute a narrative that is not based in reality? You know what I mean? Like, and obviously he'll cover his answer, but <clears throat> this is where we are now, is that elections will have to deal with people who are not having the same conversation as you. You know what I mean? And this is where QAnon get missed by so many folk was that they were dismissed as crackpots exactly as I have, but there was like some real fucking serious shit that was going on. And this like January the 6th uprising at the Capitol, this was months. I mean, this like these guys mm, knew, they knew it was coming. this was coming. Uh-huh. They knew the extent to which they were planning 
and they just kind of let it happen because, again, I don't think they were taking them very seriously, um, which is dangerous when it's half the voting population. Yeah. I mean, I think that places like the Middle East and these have been testing grounds for this shit. Like, they've had like internet uprisings happen there that have went back to the intelligence community, and now they're just starting to like put it onto their own people. You want to grab it? No. You sure? Um, it it's kind of like coming back and Mate, calls it. Right. Uh, OBSSE, they've just been an absolute nightmare recently, and I've just been uh, harassing them online. So, so I've, uh, I like this. It, what was I saying? No, M- Middle East testing. Guns. I like they, they, they've they've done this. It's been done time and time again. Aye. Like it's just a new they way. They get better every like, time they try it. Aye, aye. It, but the the one that happened in America just almost like. I don't know, man. I think when you see the players, the tactics, and the results, it's pretty hard not to look at QAnon as an escalation of what happened during the Brexit referendum. Obviously, data was more overtly weaponized by guys like Cambridge Analytica to manipulate how people voted, um, whereas QAnon, people's emotions were more manipulated than the data, but it was largely the same people using largely the same platforms for largely the same result, uh-huh. and the hope was the same that they would influence their election one way or another. So it is extremely dangerous, <coughs> I think, to take what I off the ball in this one. Uh-huh. Um, Absolutely, mate. There's, there's, <coughs> like, there's wild psychology behind it as well. Like Crazy. People just want to be right, and mm-hmm. they get so indignant, especially when they think, see when, see when somebody thinks that they know, but nobody else around about them knows, it's like, their ego just goes on fire with yes. it, man. And it's like, they, they see it everywhere. Like, there's like... How many times do you see folk digging out, like, actual <laughs> authors? I've seen a handful of instances where guys have actually, like, tried to mansplain female academics uh, and, like, quoted the rain writing at them to disprove their point and had to I be told, dude, like, that is... <laughs> That is the book I wrote. Like I've seen it more than once, but I there was right. a there was a really famous one that went viral a few months ago. But it happens all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Like we need to get back to a point where we can actually engage with experts and like listen to them again because, you know, this is operating on a level that we don't understand. Like yeah. the way big data during Cambridge Analytica was way over a lot of our heads and we just didn't engage it because we just didn't understand how metadata and big data and all these other things were working. Um this QAnon stuff is the psychological and emotional equivalent where people were deliberately toyed with to agitate them. Um, and it's driven families apart all across that, you know, a Mate, country of that size. I did fucking you know I mean? went into a pizza shop when I was 15 expecting to find a fucking basement full of wains in front of a fucking broom closet. <laughs> but the thing is... This doesn't even have a basement. It's exactly what you just said. Like, they've been, they've been viewed as fringe and nutters and the problem is, is that the only, I mean, they, they were the majority of an electorate at one point in time. Yep. But the, the thing is, is to understand is that these people genuinely think that kids are being harmed. Like, um, Which they, in itself is horrible. But that guy genuinely thought he was about to be a hero. Yeah. Like, he didn't think that he was being a right-wing nutcase. Like, they think that they're right. They Absolutely. think that you're wrong. And that's intoxicating One to of the, the things that was really in a certain way, do you know what I mean? Especially if you think you're going to go and be the hero, I do you know what I mean? Great example of that in this sort of documentary series that I'm talking about was a, a family, a, a husband, wife and, and young sort of toddler son who the both husband and wife had voted twice for Obama but during Trump's run were at the rallies with the wee man up on their shoulder singing about building a war. And you're like, that went for eight years of supporting Barack Obama to being completely indoctrinated within 18 months to the point where you're dragging your entire family and children Uh into this world because you're so fervent in the belief that you're doing the right thing and standing up for, you know, kids who are sexual abuse victims and stuff like that. So this is the stuff we need to work with because this is where we're getting heat fucked. This is the stuff that is the psychological, you know, stuff that we don't get that we don't understand is happening to us because we're so busy reacting to the outrage that we feel when we see these things said you know what i mean yeah um aye we we need an entirely new education i think it's great that in this election like the scottish greens recognize that um seen an article the weekend saying that they were looking to instigate a department that was 
geared towards fighting misinformation, fake news, and so on and so forth. Like, I think right. there are some Scandinavian countries that have put um, media literacy on the syllabus <clears throat> at really young ages, where they actually teach very young children how to criti- uh, critically think about the media that they're consuming, um, which again is something that the Greens are like all for and like so mad at. Absolutely. We're, I mean, we're going to need it. Like, we're going to need, we need it. it. Even guys like us who have, I mean, we've went for playing Commodore 64s right the way through to where we are now. Like, this was our, you know, our generation that experienced this sort of tech boom and journey sort of firsthand and like, I still don't get a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I, we definitely need to think education is the greatest weapon in pretty much any format but in this one it's it's sort of vital for sure mate for sure um what else do you want to talk about what have, we got? What have you how have you been passing the time I've, I've been working mate you've been working i've been working non-stop like aye. i'm just i mean i have just been doing this and editing fucking videos it's it's like um it's starting to become a bit of a job. I'm noticing that I'm, no. I've got less passion for it. You know what I mean? I'm like, and it's weird to notice that um, six month thing. You know, like everybody's everybody's goals to like work for themselves. It comes uh, with a whole host of different problems. Um, I think I read something on this about monetizing your hobby and how it wasn't necessarily the best thing for you. But again, well, I think I mean. This the art, grind. The sorry, thing about podcasting is, is that the reason that I enabled myself to do the technical side of it was just so that we could podcast, right? Aye. So I've got zero passion for cameras, mm-hmm. and I've got very little passion for audio. <laughs> which, you know what I mean? <laughs> Even though I've just spent like nearly a grand on mics. Oh fuck! But I mean, no, just just these wee precious things. But anyway, like it, that's just really to sort of like gear. Once I start like wanting people to come in and pay, gives it like a sort of like legitimacy. Ah, you're, like, you're investing well, using the the industry standard mics, board, computer, cameras. Do you know what I mean? Like Aye. that type of thing. But I've got zero interest. Like I bought um, a Sony A7 something. You know, once it was pure. Oh my god! Wait to see what this camera can do. Pure drooling of this camera, and then I seen her like <laughs> three weeks later, and she was like, "What have you done with that camera?" I was like, "Fuck all! <laughs> I've shot like three podcasts." And that's it. I've got no passion for it. Ah, you're not so, talking like, about Kelvin Grove taking pictures of squirrels in your spare days or anything. Sure no. But I think that when you when people are like don't monetize your podcast in that sense is like you lose your passion for it. I don't really have a passion for that. Mm. I've got a passion for like conversation Aye. and talking to people. And I think that actually like a weird thing happens when you sit in the room and you get to observe it is that you're like oh I'm starting to notice where people could get better at this shit. Like Aye, I've never really it. noticed that before. <clears throat> but um I'm meaning more like the whole, you know, I don't need to get up in the morning. Like, if I've got, like, four hours worth of video editing today that day, like, I could do it between five and nine if I want. So it's, like, hard to, like, actually, when you don't need to get up and go somewhere, or even crossing that bridge or, like, motivating yourself to get up and turn the laptop on, Mm. you're like, I'm not even leaving the room. No, it's, like, I don't actually need to get up. So... I'm finding it sort of like, or I found it difficult for a couple of weeks where I was like sleeping till like 10, which you know is like just no ah, like me. For you. And I sort of changed the routine and then just done that usual thing where I pulled it back. And I'm just like, all right, now I got up at seven every morning. Even if I've got nothing to do, I'm going to get up and I can just read if that's all I do. But it comes with different sort of challenges, um, especially when you're sort of like trying to predict how you're going to feel in like three weeks when somebody's like, do you want to come and do this thing with me in three weeks? And you're sort of like, I might not be fucked in three weeks. <laughs> Sounds okay now. But Aye. like, you know, I might wake up in three weeks and be like, I can't be fucked going to death. So it, it's kind of funny. Um, but I'll tell you, like, the anxiety and no having anybody to answer to, the, or no, like, the lack of anxiety mm. is really, like, put a nail in, like, all of my anxiety. And I realised that all, pretty much all of like, the feelings that I had and discontent that I had about life, really, um, recently has all been based on the fact that I did something that I just did not enjoy um, which is kind of well it's like amazing in the sense that you know I don't feel anxious really ever mm. like I get wee bits here but it's always like oh it's about this Aye. or like you know like there's a big podcast like uh, Kieran had John Hartson and I'm waking up that morning a wee bit like oh a bit buzzy feeling a wee bit anxious Aye. but I know that it's about that whereas I feel like I had lived pretty much my full adult life with this sort of like buzz anxiety mm. and I think it's just always been kind of job insecurity and know that it's all just kind of on me 
as much as that might might think, oh, that would put more pressure on you. It's almost like, well, I don't, but I don't have anybody Aye. that I'm going to disappoint, like a boss or whatever. Aye, what happens is on you because of you. Aye. And if I don't make any money that week, then I need to make, you know what I mean? It's on me, but I've got nobody to answer to. Um, it is like, it, it has been good. Like I've mm. got to admit, and it's slowly but surely sort of like took hold and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling, feeling, don't feel this anymore. Don't feel that anymore. It's just like, oh, you don't have Aye. a work to go to or whatever. Like, um, but other than that, mate, I, I've watched Parks and Rec start to finish and now on American Dad and it's it's okay. it's no like anything like earth shattering because the other thing about working for yourself is that you you need to work hard to make money. Of course. You know what I mean? So I find that I'm working a lot, mm-hmm. but I feel all right about that. You know what I mean? Whereas I like working in, the, working in retail, it would have been like, I couldn't do six hours a week. I could easily do six hours a week. I'm doing between therapy and, and um, uh, podcasts, like. Um, but no, man. Like, I've I've just been busy, mate. I've just been really fucking busy. I've been the opposite. I've been enjoying the kind of part time for a wee bit, or the freedom of it. Like, you know, the work I'm doing is allowing me to actually do proper work with people and with processes and stuff. But my downtime, I'm just like, I think when the last lockdown came in, I just like consciously chose to stop caring about it. Like, not in the sense that I wasn't abiding by rules because we were, you know what I mean? But just, I think after like nine, ten months at that point, we'd been like almost constant on the mind. I was like back to work. We were getting into the new year. And I was just like, look, man, we've done nine months, ten months at this point. Let's just ride out another two. Obviously, it's become three or four. Um, but at the Aye. same time, I think at the new year, just being like, just let this go. It is what it is and just get to the other side of it. Uh, certainly helped me. Um, I went back to an old book that I've referenced a few times, um, you know, after having a lot of writers in recently, kind of like, let me go back to it a wee bit, some that always used to like terrify me. I started, I got like 60,000 words in but it. But writing your own? Like you've went back to writing your own? Aye. Oh, fucking brilliant, man. Um, as well as some other stuff, like um, I've got a Medium page set up that I'm not ready to publish it on yet, but it's one of the ones I'm working towards it at some point. I think maybe... Once I've had to go over what I've got the new, I'll maybe publish like the first whatever sixty, seventy thousand words or whatever that's there. Um when the new stuff factors in and see. Um so that's been something that's been kinda of doing for me. Mm-hmm. Um It must feel fucking amazing, mate, because when you have the like like I don't know, like if you're the same as me, but if you have the like sort of things where you're like sort of almost scared to get back to it and you finally like sort of pluck up the courage to go back to it, you're almost like, Why the fuck have I not done that? Aye. Do you know what I mean? But it feels like really wow man, like what the fuck? Wasn't it the the way Graham's approached his stuff was really inspiring? Um because no, mine's isn't anywhere near gangs or anything like that. It's ironically about a guy trying to write a book and failing, so um you know, was that a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like, almost, like, it was almost like I was set up for failure. Um, but again, I think I've got, I, I never had a plan. I always just wrote from start to finish and, you know, went back and re-edited and revised. And, whereas this time like, I've actually got what feels like a kind of cohesive plan for what I want to say and how I want to say it. Um, right. And I've always went back to it in, you know, a couple of years, a couple of years and looked at it and went, oh my God, this is fucking horrendous. This is terrible. Like, what mm-hmm. we what we even doing? But then I started writing at 19, you know what I mean? Like, some of it was quite juvenile, and I'm obviously it's nearly twice that now. Um, this time I went back to it, and I was like, this is all right. Like, what's there already is, isn't as bad as actually what I thought was there. Um, and then going over it and, you know, just kind of updating it and, like, getting it a mere sort of once over for where I'm on now. Mm-hmm. Going back and going, I didn't really, like, put or change an awful lot in, but what I did was a wee bit more concise, a wee bit more relevant sort of thing. So I think at the minute it's something I'll keep largely for me until such times as, you know, because I think when I spoke to guys like Graham and that, he always said I did it for me and I, I, that was something I never did. I was always doing it to like, I think when I was younger, basically to show off how smart I was to other people. Aye. You know what I mean? Um, I think like try and make a career as I well, was, you know what I mean? I did like, write for other ma- magazines and online stuff. Like I did uh-huh. at one point entertain the notion of being like some sort of writer. Uh, I don't think that's maybe going to be the case, but I think this is one of these things I think I probably need to explore. It's one of the things I need to like essentially kind of finish and put in the ground. 
You know what I mean? And then just see what happens. Mate, after you're that. going to be you know the mean? first book took me fucking whatever, 20 years <laughs> or whatever. We had Eli the other week, it was 16. I, I think we'd probably top her at this point. I, um, but I, we'll wait and see. It's just a hobby that I'm doing for me the now because we do a lot of this stuff. Obviously, you know, I offer opinion and support where I can. But as you say, you're doing a lot of the actual nitty gritty stuff with the other podcasts that you work with and whatever else. So I'm kind of like, Paul's got that element for him. Like, I think I'd probably like a wee element or something for me, especially with the time that I've got with the part-time furlough, the Wednesday a wee bit older and all these things. You're like, what's what's mine at this? Ah, you man, know what I mean? I, think, I, think, I genuinely think the thing, if we get the, or not, it's not going to be if, because it is going to be when, when I get the studio set up, you should do something. I think that there's definitely something out there, like literary-wise in the Scottish podcast mm. realm. There's been so much good fucking literature, but I'm no into it. You know what I mean? Aye. Like, as much as I really enjoy, obviously, like, fucking buzzing to talk to, like, Douglas Stewart. Oh, I've been and fortunate enough to speak to some like really good Graham, authors, aye. You know what I mean? From missing in Aiden as well. Like, as much as I like to hear their stories and how their creative process, because I, I love that shit, like, I'm not really into, like, I've I've loved actually, like, learning to read the last few years and no, like, get too bogged down and thinking that I'm a fucking idiot because I can't read a book aye. in, like, three weeks and stuff. I've loved that. I've loved reading their stuff, but I'm not into like the intricacy, the intricacies of like literature. Aye. And also, my English is fucking terrible. <laughs> so I just kind of feel a wee bit imposter. But I think it is, as we get the studio set up, we have our own space and the cameras are set up, not man, there'll definitely be scope for something like that. I think Aye. because we've seen like DW, Sean, us, um, de- all definitely get authors and so there's definitely something there and um, it just depends on what that would be but, mate, I, i'm actually buzzing to hear that you're back writing again man it's, uh, uh, it's you know slow I mean? and it's steady but it's just kind of as i say one of these things i'm kind of doing for me now but i think it's at the point now where i need to you know what i mean like it's hung hours and been something i've wanted to finish for so long that i've never i've never really had the buzz to i think obviously the process of this or putting myself out there and having opinions in public and you know engaging with you know quite high profile people and quite high profile issues in a lot of cases has definitely built a bit of confidence that has allowed me to go back and think about it again because you know yourself you've seen many years gone by where i've got like i'm going back to it and then like two weeks later you're like diving what i like mention this to him you know what i mean mm-hmm. because no the reaction is going to be I don't want to talk about it, you know what I mean? Whereas I don't necessarily feel like that about it now, but we'll wait and see. As I say, if it gets to a point where um, I don't hate it, then I might go up uh-huh. on the medium. But I've taken out and done, I had a number of websites over the years. I've taken everything down to like reevaluate what's still relevant, what's no, what can be updated, what can he, and all that kind of stuff. So Aye. we'll see. That's good, man. That's good to hear. But we'll just wrap it there, mate. We're like well Aye. over an hour in anyway. Cool. But it's been good to get back in face to face. And I've is. been like admiring my mic for across the <laughs> across the <laughs> table. This is like I remember like um Fran Healy saying uh when I can't even remember what the second guitar player's called in Travis Andy something maybe. Maybe. It looks like an Andy. Um when he got his Gibson guitar, that's when we were like pure, yes man, that was like a milestone in the band. Aye. And I remember being an ampersand when somebody got a Gibson guitar, I was like pure, this is literally like a milestone. This is like a milestone for me. I'm like pure <laughs> I can't wait to use them again. It's, Aye, it's weird. Are, we you had one Saturday, but I could tell for the text message that your excitement about these mics wasn't going to hold four days. So we did it the day. So thanks for coming out. But I man, it's been good to get back in and hopefully we'll get somebody sitting next to us soon. Aye, definitely, mate. Cool.